Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. So we have these Taylor X Games that the personalization or computer uh, tailoring refers to how to adapt this persuasive technology uh, to the individual. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real-world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Aurora Ruiz, uh, and I'm from the University of Twente in the Netherlands, and I'm going to be talking to you about the designing of video games for motor rehabilitation. So the first thing is to explain a bit what are video games. Uh, most of you already know, I suppose, that these are systems developed for entertainment purposes. The idea is that we keep the individuals or the gamers motivated to use them. Um, there are different types of uh, video games that we can find. And a nice definition are the serious video games that are the type of video game which uh, principal uh, purpose is not to entertain. They offer a new mechanism for teaching or training, uh, combining video games and education. From these serious video games, we can find several uh, different areas. And today we're going to focus on some specific type of serious video games that are the therapeutic uh, video games. So in therapy, we can have all this training or the healthcare area involved. And the modality of these video games are the physical type of video games. When we talk about physical video games, we talk about extra games. And extra game systems are this combination with exercise and gaming. So every uh, video game which involve any physical exertion of movements are called extra games. This involves uh, strength, balance, flexibility, any type of activity that makes you not being sedentary. There are commercial extra games that we can find on the market. I, maybe you already know something like the Wii Fit, uh, the Just Dance from the Kinect, or any other video game that makes you want to move. Uh, so these commercial extra games are made for entertainment or for fitness, for uh, everyone to work out but they don't address the requirements of a rehabilitation therapy, which is very uh, important. So in extra games and rehabilitation, uh, we need to uh, find exactly uh, and develop what aim to promote this motor rehabilitation, how to improve this physical and uh, mental state from the patients during this therapeutic process. And these uh, video games become a very important uh, part from occupational therapy. Uh, they increase motivation in rehabilitation practice. And of course, for best results in rehabilitation, video games are a very important part because when they are designed for therapy, patients want to use them. 
A very important part to keep in mind is that these video games needs to be designed specifically for the user, so for the patient. So we have these tailored extra games that the personalization or computer uh, tailoring refers to how to adapt this persuasive technology uh, to the individual. So this type of uh, extra games rehabilitation uh, warrants uh, the balance, uh, I'm sorry, uh, this type of tailored extra games can uh, guarantee that the individual will be able to use the system because it's made specifically for the patient. We also need to keep in mind that uh, according to the therapy, we need to focus on the type of uh, patient. So, but each uh, population, children with autism, uh, elderly, people with a stroke or any other um, motor uh, thing that we need to work, uh, needs a different type of uh, tailoring. Regarding the motor skills that I'm telling you about, we can find these two types of motor skills that are the fine motor skills regarding the hand uh, movement and the gross motor skills regarding the um, body movement. So there are in research, different type of uh, related work regarding video games with motor activities. So for example, here we can see the Be Smart, that is a video game designed for children with Down syndrome, where they can work the uh, eye-hand coordination. We can find the finger extension flexion that are also to improve hand-eye coordination, but only for children with between six and 10 years. And also there are these uh, video games for the leap motion sensor for children with autism, also to work these fine motor skills. Regarding the gross motor skills, we can find among other projects, a clock yourself that is also involved the cognitive side and the physical side for stroke survivors. We can find systems for elderly, like the interactive wall where they move around and are selecting different type of uh, pictures that they had from their uh, past. And also for uh, children with autism, we can find the bomb bash. That is also a touchless game for they to move and interact. So, so far, what we see in these projects is that the most important part is the user. So when we are going to design system for them, we need to focus first on the user. So we use a user-centered design. Uh, we can have these four stages that are the basic one. So first, understand the context of use. We need to see who is the user and where are they going to use the system. If we want for them to train at home or in a clinic, then we need to really understand where is the system gonna be used and by who? Then specify all these user requirements. For example, if uh, we want to make a video game for uh, children with uh, Down syndrome or children with autism, we need to make the difference that 
even though they are both children, they have different necessities. So with children with autism, we cannot have an overwhelming uh, stimuli, like very loud noises or colors, sounds, all of that. With uh, Down syndrome, we know that the cognitive side is different, so we need to work uh, for them. So all these requirements is regarding the population. Then we start designing some solutions regarding the requirements, and we evaluate all this idea until we come up with the final uh, design. When we uh, work with motor uh, rehabilitation, we need to specify one uh, very important requirement when we go to the designing of the solution, that is which device are we going to use to track the movement? We can find a pressure mats when we walk or do some uh, gross motor uh, movement. We can have a, a mat to track that movement. We can have different camera-based sensors. Uh, most of you know the Kinect. There's also the RealSense camera that can track the whole skeleton from a person and then you can analyze how is the movement going. We also have devices to track the hand, like the lip motion, or maybe some attached sensors, uh, like flexometers or any other sensor that can track the hand movement. Or the cell phone. The cell phone is also being used in some uh, extra games to identify how are you moving or where are you moving the, the, the cell phone. So when we fix these requirements, we need to see if it's going to be hand-free, if uh, we want something less intrusive, or if uh, for the population it's not important to be intrusive or not, if it's comfortable, not comfortable, all of that. Then uh, there is this big difference regarding a normal extra game, a commercial extra game, and a therapeutic extra game. With this type of simple extra games, we have one goal, the primary goal. We have one exercise and we have the gameplay. So in games uh, like the Xbox Sports or the Wii Fit or any other commercial extra game. We are doing some movements in a virtual environment and we get some points. And so we have the gameplay, we know what we're doing and that's pretty much it. And in a therapeutic extra game, we have this primary goal that of course we need something fun for them to be uh, engaged. We have a nice gameplay for for the gamer or the patient to be involved. But we also have a secondary goal that is a virtual therapy. If the patient do a, a wrong movement, we need to address it immediately. So we have to have this feedback so they can improve and do the therapy in a correct way. So, the extra games are focused on primary goals and they really don't focus on the secondary goals and the therapeutic extra games need to focus on this feedback. It's very, very important to 
keep that in mind because it's how the patient will uh, improve, such as is done in a traditional therapy session. When we want to design a safe therapeutic extra game, we can follow this nice methodology by Pirovano uh, that focuses on these four stages. So for example, if we want to, to design uh, something for a gross motor rehabilitation, first we need to define an exercise. So if we are going to flex uh, our legs or do some walking or something like that, we need to define which exercise are we going to do. Then when we know what we want to train and improve, we are going to virtualize this movement. So we start with the virtualization. So we need to keep in mind, how are we going to virtualize the movement? How are, uh, how are we going to track the movement? So which type of uh, sensor or device are we going to use? And having all that in mind, we are, you can virtualize the movement. Then you need to uh, have this movement in a game. So you start thinking in a game stories, all the conceptual part, and how are you going to keep the player uh, engaged? And how are you going to make sense that the movement is in a real game? Not only uh, do the movement and that's enough, but what are you getting by doing the movement? So having all these uh, gamification part involved with the um, exercise that we define. And the last part, but super, super important is uh, apply the secondary goals. So you have the game on track, then you need to put this mechanism or have a mechanism for uh, immediate feedback and knowing that you are doing the correct movement and that you are not going to hurt yourself by doing something wrong for a long period of time. One uh, example that I can show you right now is uh, the last research project that I was involved that is called Busy Hands. Uh, it's a video game focused for uh, children with autism where they needed to uh, work their fine motor skills, so the uh, hand movement. So the first thing that we did was to define what movement was uh, important for them to work. So it was the pincer grasp. So doing this type of movement. And one uh, virtual environment that we can work with was uh, eating or having this uh, simulation of eating breakfast. So the, the children had to do the pincer grasp in a correct way, go uh, and get the, the spoon, do the hand movement and make like he was eating. So it was Define uh, motor skills and the coordination. Uh, so we virtualize the movement in this sense, and we also tailor uh, regarding each uh, patient and how they needed to work. So one way to make this personalization is by a menu where the therapist could uh, modify how was the precision. So if there was a children that, that needed more help uh, or who needed to work more in these fine motor skills, 
we were not gonna push for a precise movement because we want some improvement, so step-by-step, step, so we can define the precision of the pincer grasp. Then how many repetitions was uh, he going to have and which hand he was going to work with. So defining all these parameters, the therapist could see if they were working in a correct way or not. Then in this uh, secondary goal, it was to see if the pincer grasp was in a correct uh, way. And a way to do this was to get points. So every time the movement was done in a correct way, you get a point. If not, you don't get a point. And a feedback that they had was in a visual way. How is the movement they need to achieve and what they need to grab? So if they need to grab the spoon, they can see the hand, the spoon, and they can go for it. So in this sense, we focus on the user, we focus on the requirements, we virtualize the movement, and then they can train these activities in a more fun way, uh, but also with the supervision of a qualified therapist, of course. So with this, I would like to thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.